0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. Good morning. As Michael said, my name is Donnie. I work mostly in student ministry here at Riverside. And uh, we have just started our brand new theme for the year, fully alive, and understanding what a fully alive life looks like. Uh, We are using this concept of traveling light to communicate a little bit about what it means to live a life that is fully alive. And for me, when I heard the idea, when I just heard the term traveling light, immediately for me, and maybe for you too, it evoked a traveling image, packing, unpacking, road trip, deciding where you're going, what you're going to bring, and how you're going to Pack it and bring it. And uh, I think that's kind of what traveling light brings us to. And for most of us, have probably traveled, maybe even not far on an airplane, but all of us have packed a bag. All of us have decided what luggage we were going to buy and use and what we were going to put in that luggage. And uh, we've probably made some mistakes if we've traveled enough, right? You know, you get into a trip and you're like, yeah, that was a stupid decision. I shouldn't have purchased this bag. I should have gotten this kind of bag. And so experience starts to teach us. You know, how to travel well. And you guys probably have met people, and maybe you have become like a really, really good traveler and you kind of feel like you know what you're doing. Um, but there's that, definitely that getting out there and trying it out and figuring out uh, what to pack and how to do that. And the truth is, and I, I think for the spiritual life stuff that we're talking about this morning, this concept relates, I think, very well because the truth is, spiritually, in a life sense, we are all carrying stuff. All of us have stuff that we move through life with. And a great question to begin to ask is, is it the right stuff? Is it the right stuff? And a, uh, a wise traveler, a self-aware traveler, can get to the place where they can make an accurate assessment as to whether they are traveling well whether they have packed the right things. And so part of us getting to where we should be is being willing and able to work on this question is of am I, am I packing the right stuff? Am I carrying the right stuff? Because the truth is not only are we carrying stuff through life and to help me kind of like visualize this this morning, I've asked Jordan and Hannah to help out because the truth is it's not just us that has stuff for us and not just us that is carrying stuff, but Jordan who kind of for our purposes this morning represents Jesus, also has stuff for us that he wants us to carry, and so Jordan kind of represents that with her presence up here, and then Hannah over here is here to remind us that not only do we have stuff and Jesus has stuff that he wants us to carry, that the world also has stuff that the world kind of will offer us to carry, and so there are these forces pulling on us, and there are options, there are choices that we make in a big sense, but also a daily sense of what are we going to carry. And I realized this this morning actually coming in here, that it's really hard to carry all of it. I would say it's impossible. When I was uh, juggling these three bags and my coffee, I was actually thinking to myself, it's not easy carrying all of this at the same time, because you ain't putting down the coffee. I'll be leaving the bag in the parking lot. So we can't carry it all. Then the question becomes, well, okay, is an exchange in order? Is an exchange in order, given my circumstances? And if so, what's the right exchange? What's the right exchange to make so that I can be appropriately packed for a fully alive life? The life God created me for, the life that he wants me to live, what is the right exchange? And that's what uh, I want us to talk about this morning and think about as we look at the scriptures this morning. So as we do, let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us get this. Holy Spirit, help us. We acknowledge we cannot understand what we need to understand without your help. We need you working on our hearts and working on our minds, so open our minds to your word and open our minds to your active, living voice this morning. We need that, in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, the first scripture verse we're going to look at, which is actually the theme verse or the staple verse for this this series of Traveling Light, I want to give a little context for it before we jump into it, And, and that passage is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 uh, through 30, which happens to be a very important verse to me personally. Uh, it, you know how you have different stages of life where certain parts of Scripture become life verses or life texts for you? Uh, this, this passage was very, very important to me, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes uh, during a very particular stage of my life. But leading into this passage, I just want to set it up because I think it helps us understand what Jesus is saying here. Right before this, and you can read this yourself and i encourage that to read the context for it. Jesus is talking and basically this is my summary of it. He basically is saying like, "Hey guys, I can tell who I want to tell what I want to tell. I get to choose. God has given me authority to take all the mysteries of who he is and what unlocks the secrets of life. He has given me the authority to reveal that to whoever I want to." And I'm going to make the decision on who I reveal that stuff to. And then he goes on to say, I didn't come to give it to the wise and the learned. I didn't come to impart the mysteries and reveal all this awesome stuff to the wise and learned. Or better, maybe better described as people who think they are wise and learned. I didn't come for them. I didn't come to, to deal with people who think they have it all figured out. And have all those mysteries unlocked already. So that sets us up then for, well, okay... Who who did he come to reveal this awesome stuff to? And Matthew eleven twenty-eight picks up there, he says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. He's saying this, and it's important to note, to a group of people who had lost their identity as human beings. They had lost their identity as a people group. They no longer could hold on to those things, and in addition to losing their identity, they've been trampled down by so many things in life. And then when it moves over to the religious side, their religious system was no longer working for them. It was no longer applicable to their spiritual reality and their life reality. So there was this massive breakdown in their identity personally. They were downtrodden. And also their religion was broken and not working and not relatable to them. So Jesus comes to this group of people and makes this massive statement. Contrast that with the wise and the learned. He says, I'm here to give this message, the message of God. I'm here to reveal the mysteries of who God is and give all this awesome stuff to the weary and burdened. That's who I've come for. And the truth is, it's not that there really are two groups of people. It's just that some people don't realize they're weary and burdened. They don't realize they're carrying this stuff. So Jesus is saying, I can help the ones who are willing to admit that they are weary and burdened and need what I came to offer. And those are the ones who I can actually help. Those are the ones I've come for. And as I read this, it's interesting. He says, come all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And for me, that denotes this idea of a traveler that is weary. And weary is more than just carrying something. Weary is the toll that carrying something has taken on you. Because if we carry a burden long enough, it starts to affect us. And maybe it is just, I mean, think about a physical burden. It's just a physical burden. But the longer we carry that physical burden, it starts to wear on us. And there is no part of our life that it doesn't bleed over into. In effect, we start getting emotionally down. We become discouraged. It actually starts affecting us emotionally and psychologically and spiritually. The longer we carry a burden it weighs on our soul. It affects the totality of who we are as people. So it's not just the burden that's the problem. The toll of the burden becomes a problem. The scars, the brokenness, the loss of hope from carrying a burden that is too heavy to bear. So there's the, all that stuff that's associated with it. But then he says, he says weary and carry heavy burdens. So not only is the toll very real, the pain is stinging, but we still have it. Jesus comes to a people that he's acknowledging the toll, the scars, the mileage of the burden, and then acknowledging the presence of the burden still in their lives. You still have it. The toll and the active burden that you wake up with every morning. And Jesus comes and says, Let me take that off of you, and let me give you something else. The reason this passage is so deeply personal to me is because it's more than just words on a page. When I was like starting to grow up in my faith, and I was in my teenage years, I heard these words, and I say heard these words because I heard them. I didn't just read them. It's as if I heard them from the mouth of Jesus himself talking to me. I had accepted Christ. At an early age, I had said, yes, I believe in you. Yes, I love you. I want the life you have for me, and I had, I had wanted to follow Christ. But then as I started to grow up and kind of see my life for what it really is and see the world for what it was and see what I was carrying, that pain became pretty real. And there was a moment that I heard Jesus say this, and man, it hit a deep chord because I came to him as a teenager burdened with discouragement Burdened with pain that I could not shed. Ringing like a, like a raw nerve. Hopelessness that had started to affect my self-esteem. It was like a gray cloud that just hung over my life. And I loved God and I wanted what he wanted for me. I wanted the life that he wanted for me. And I believed in him and, and I loved him. But I realized how heavy this burden was. The burden of bitterness and unforgiveness The burden of being stuck in a past that replayed over and over for me. The burden of looking at the world around me and constantly being reminded of my own brokenness and what I didn't have and how people had let me down. And it hurt. And I remember vividly, as you can see, I remember vividly what that felt like. And realizing that this Jesus wasn't some distant God that I just chose to believe in, that he came to me and said, Donnie, I love you. And this isn't just a belief system. I'm offering to take that off of you. I will take that bitterness. I will take that anger. I will take that unforgiveness. I will take the fact that you now identify yourself by what has happened to you. I will take your hopelessness. I will take all the brokenness that you act and live out of. I will take that off of you. And I will also heal the scars that it's left. And man, let me tell you, I jumped at that. And it changed everything for me. And I will never forget the moment I heard him say it, because we can read this over and over, but I heard him say it. And I said, yes, I'll take that deal. I mean, who's not going to take that deal? Jesus says, you take all this garbage and sin and pain and confusion and brokenness, all that junk, he's saying, I am willing to take that off of you and give you what I have for you. Wow. So what does he give? I mean, you may read that and think, wait, wait, wait wait a second. He's he's saying, I'm still giving you something. He does say yoke, and he does use the word burden. I'm still giving you, so you might be tempted to think like, wait a minute, am I just exchanging difficult for difficult? Like, why would I do that? Like, I'm familiar with this. I know this. At least I have some experience carrying this. Yes, it's terrible, but I know what I'm into. Jesus is offering to give me something that is also heavy and also a yoke. Why would I do that deal, right? Jesus is offering to take the dead things, the useless things that we tote around that do not help us on our journey of life that makes us fully alive. He's offering to take the garbage that comes from us and other people in a broken world He's offering to take the pointless, meaningless, toxic things off of us that hurt us and lead us to death in exchange for a burden that is lighter and for a burden that is purposeful and meaningful and has the ability to take us somewhere we do want to go. See, Jesus' burden, what he gives us, is a way of life that does require participation and work and focus, but what Jesus gives us, what's in here, helps me, and it's purposeful, and it's leading me on a path that takes me ultimately to life and rest now, but also to life later. So Jesus is saying, let me take the pointless, terrible stuff and give you something that's actually helpful and lead you to a good place. So wait a second, I, I can just hand in a moment in a prayer all of my crap to Jesus, and you're telling me that he gives me something awesome in return? That's a pretty good deal, right? Like there's no cost to that. There is a cost, but he pays it. That's the whole meaning of the cross and why Jesus died for our sin. That's Him bearing the burden that we could not unload. And I vividly remember waking up every morning with this burden on me and being unable to shed it. No one could take it. Jesus was able to take this off of me, the burden I could not get rid of on my own, and fill my life with His way of life. You know, the way of life that says forgiveness does lead you to a healthy place. You don't have to live and replay the darkness of your past because I have hope for you now. I can help you live beyond yourself. I give you a way of life, a way to make decisions that is counterintuitive, but it will lead you to life and health in your relationships and ultimately purpose for your life. I made that deal because it was too good to pass up. I mean, how could we walk away from a deal like that when he offers us everything for our nothing? And it's a deal he's willing to make with every human being who's willing and open and honest. He wants to exchange his good stuff for our weariness, for the scars, for the exhaustion. He wants to exchange all of that and give us the purposeful yoke of discipleship where we can learn to become more like him. It's a good kind of difficult. It's a good kind of discipline that he offers us. I know I'm traveling light when I have exchanged what I'm carrying for what Jesus gives me. And that's a litmus test we can use every single morning when we wake up. What am I carrying? And did it come from Jesus? Where did it come from? Am I still holding on to my junk? And we can do this as followers of Jesus. Remember, I would already come to Christ. I would already said, I believe in you, God. But we can do this thing where we do religion and approach a following Jesus life, but we're still trying to carry the burden and the weariness. We profess faith. We go to church. We do religious things. But reality is we're still carrying the burdens that he's offered to take off of us. And it's an exhausting and self-defeating lifestyle. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you get up in the morning and you feel the weight of that, the stinging pain of that. Jesus has offered to take that off of all of us. Whether we have come to know him yet or not, the same deal stands. Bring me what you have that's broken and I will give you something that brings life. Forgiveness, purpose, hope, a true definition of love, That's what Jesus offers us. And he goes on, and and a few chapters ahead in Matthew 16, uh, he's talking to his disciples, and it's important to know also what sets up Matthew 16, verses 23 and 24. Uh, uh, Peter has just basically become the star pupil in the class. Jesus is like, hey guys, like when you're out there talking to people, who do they say I am? And, and Peter's like, you are the man. You are the rock star. You're God, you're Jesus, Messiah, ding, ding, ding. He takes all the right answers, star pupil. Jesus is like, yeah, that's exactly right, Peter. You have the right answer. And not only that, this truth that you've just said, we're gonna build everything on it. Awesome answer, well done, love it. He preaches on it. Two minutes later, theoretically speaking, just, just a little bit later, Jesus is like, yeah, I'm gonna be brutally murdered. I'm gonna die, it's gonna be terrible. Going to Jerusalem, this thing's gonna get really ugly. And Peter is like, no, like, Jesus is awesome. I love you, Jesus, like, it's great having you here. Things are going really well. I was just like the awesome pupil a few minutes ago. Like, things are going good. Like, stop this talk about you going and being killed. Like, you can't go to the cross. Don't, Don't say that, don't do that. And basically, Peter tries to dissuade Jesus from going to the cross. So Matthew 16, 23, this is what he says to the star pupil. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Whoa, really? Did Jesus really need to pull out the nuke right there? Like you talk about like the big guns. He didn't say, hey, you're dumb. He was like, Satan. Wow, like how do you go from being that awesome to that horrible in like a minute? It's crazy. Well, why would Jesus say that? Well, if you, if you look back in Matthew 4, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And Satan came to him in the wilderness and said, hey, Jesus, I'll give you all of this. The whole world, all the, what the world thinks is awesome, I'll make you king of the mountain. No sacrifice, no selflessness. I'm just going to give it all to you. You can have this world right here. And Jesus was like, no, not the plan. Peter did the same thing. That's why he called him Satan. He's like, you did the same thing. You're telling me not to go to the cross. I can't afford that distraction. Wow, really, really hits hard. Get behind me, Satan. He goes from being the rock, which is what Jesus called him when he said you're the Christ, the son of the living God, to being the stumbling block in like a minute. So he goes on, he says, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Man, that's the that's a ringer for me. That's been ringing in my head all week long. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. You're only thinking about human stuff. Peter, get your head in the game. This is why I'm rebuking you. Because your perspective is incorrect. You're not thinking about the right stuff. Then Jesus said to his disciples, and remember, this is before the cross, before they have watched him be brutally executed, Roman execution, awful. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Though Jesus hadn't been to the cross, the disciples knew exactly what crucifixion was. When he said, take up their cross, they would instantaneously have a picture of someone who was dead, but not dead yet. Because if you're carrying a cross and you're on your way to the cross, you are dead. There's no way you're getting out of it. A process has started and you are a dead person walking. So when he said that, it would evoke a very visceral, emotional, disturbing image when he says that to them. He's evoking an execution (laughs) image to talk about what following him looks like and how we need to engage with following him. It's intense. You're a stumbling block. You don't have in mind the concerns of God. And the reason that was ringing to me is I'm thinking, man, when I get up in the morning, what's going to define my day? I'm thinking about this for me. Like, how many days am I thinking about the concerns of God versus my own concerns? And what am I letting rule my decision-making and my perspectives on other people and issues and whatever it is? Like, are my concerns governing my emotional state and my treatment of other people? Or is it the concerns of God? Is it what God cares about that really influences the way we live and talk and act and treat people and make decisions about ourselves and other people? That right there is a very practical, daily, defining thought. The concerns of God or merely human concerns. The concerns that come from me, but also the world around. Because the world has concerns, and we could easily get sucked into those things. What am I concerned about? And should I be concerned about it? Whoever wants to be my disciple has to disown themselves. Disown. Like, wait, you can only disown other people. Can you disown yourself? That's kind of like a weird thing. Yeah, it's like you saying, I'm not going to be me anymore. I mean, how do you disown yourself? I'm saying no to me. Renounce yourself is another way to say that. If you want to carry my cross and follow me, you have to renounce yourself. How do you renounce yourself? Hey, me, you're not going to be me anymore. That's kind of what that is. I'm not going to let me determine who I am anymore. There's a new governing factor in my life. Taking up your cross really is just letting go of your own way. Being willing to get rid of your way and put that aside and being willing to take up the cross, which is Jesus' way. It is a yoke. It is a burden. But it's a light, purposeful, life-giving burden. We're the same as Peter. What governs our, our daily decisions? What governs the way we live? Our safety, the safety of other people. I mean, Peter was a natural reaction. We could all react that way. Jesus, I love you, I don't want you to get hurt, right? And we, we, that's how we are. When it comes to our loved ones, when it comes to our own life, it's better to have peace, safety, and comfort, and niceness, right? That's kind of what we gravitate toward as humans. And Jesus is saying, I know this is crazy. And he said, "Crazy." this is why people killed him. This is why he was so disturbing to people. He's saying, you know what? <clears throat> Newsflash, safety is not God's plan for you and priority for you and main concern for you, and neither should it be your concern for you. This, the physical safety of yourself and your loved ones is not God's primary concern. There are other things at stake. And Jesus demonstrated that by going and doing God's plan for him, was to, which was to give himself for us. So if Jesus would have been rolling like we always roll, we would still be in sin because there'd be no self sacrifice. That's tough stuff to think about. Why wow, are you telling me that it's possible that my main priority should not be the safety? Of the people close to me, you you get into this and read it. I mean, that's kind of what the suggestion is here. No wonder this is hard to do and hard to own. It's difficult. It's counterintuitive. It's counterhumanity. I'm traveling light. When I've exchanged my concerns for God's concerns. When I've exchanged my way for God's way, my life for what God wants, my safety for God's plan, the temporary for the eternal, I've exchanged those things. I've disowned myself. I've renounced myself. I've renounced human concern. I've renounced the prioritization of safety, peace, and temporary happiness for myself and the people close to me for the sake of something meaningful, deep, and eternal. It's crazy. Crazy. It's a crazy way to live in a human world, in a broken world. And I've embraced what? The life of a dead person walking. That's what I've chosen. Yes, people are gonna look at us and go, You're nuts. Why would you live the death way? Why would you choose the difficult way? Because we've experienced the life that it brings. And the truth is we cannot carry his cross and our stuff too. It cannot be done. Which is why Jesus was so painfully clear. We cannot carry our junk and his stuff at the same time. And trying to do so won't work. It won't lead to a fully alive light and we won't be traveling light. This cross-carrying he talks about is important to note that it is not a prerequisite, it is a characteristic. Jesus isn't saying, you need to start doing this before I love you and accept you. No, the exchange was already made. Jordan already accepted this, I already took this, and he's saying, as you follow me, cross-carrying, we know we're doing it. We know we're traveling light. We know we are following Jesus when we are carrying the cross. When we wake up in the morning, you're like, yep, this is what Jesus gave me, and this is what I'm rolling out with. We know we're following him when we're not waking up every morning carrying this. It's a characteristic, not a prerequisite. Last passage here, Matthew 16, and it's the, uh, uh, following, following the passage we just read. Matthew 16:25 through 27, Jesus says, Whoever wants to save their life, whoever wants to hang on to their life, if you really want to hold on to your life, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. Then he will reward each person according to what they have done. The world's always skulking, it's always creeping, it's always close by. It's like Hannah's over here skulking, bringing this luggage. I mean, I like blue, it fits me a little bit better. Purple's not really my thing. This is going to look really good. And it's not over when we make this exchange because every day we've got a choice to make about the exchange that the world's offering us because the world's always going to be creeping in and getting closer. And it's real subtle sometimes, not even a huge decision. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. But we're making this exchange. And... Ending up with what? With the same thing that was killing us before. But we're tempted to do this every day. We're tempted to do this in so many ways. Why would I pick back up the thing that was killing me, my purpose, and and people around me? Why would I do that? It's a terrible deal. Jesus died to get rid of this. Why would I ever go back and pick that up again? Why would I want to carry this again? Yet it's a temptation. Sometimes we wake up in the morning like, "Ah! whoa, where'd that come from? Because we didn't realize we picked it up. Now, a good thing that that God is gracious and Jesus is awesome and Jesus will make that exchange in his forgiveness and grace and mercy as many times as we are willing to come to him broken, humble, open, and seeking and ask for that exchange, he'll keep taking it off of us over and over again, which is another crazy thing about him. But the truth is, we know we're traveling light when we refuse to make the wrong exchange. Like, Hannah, get that out of here. You take that back over there. (laughs) No, thank you. I refuse to trade what Jesus has given me for this blue bag that does fit me better, and there's some cool things about it. I kind of want to, but I'm not doing it because it's a temporary exchange. It's a bad exchange. I refuse to give up what Jesus gave me for that. I'm not doing it, and we're all faced with that decision every day, and sometimes when we realize we've done it, we've got to go back to Jesus, and we've got to get that worked out And some of us, maybe sitting here, you're kind of in that place where you've allowed that exchange to be made. Give up the reward that he promises me for eternity and true life for temporary, shallow, fleeting. Not a good deal. Don't make that bad deal. Ultimately, you'll regret it. So, what's the world offering you these days? I wonder for you what that is. What's, what's skulking and creeping? And maybe you've even started to reach for it, like, you know, you're like, yeah, it looks pretty good. I wonder what that's like. Maybe it's been a while. What is that for you? And what refusal will define the next stage of your life? You aren't fully alive until... You're willing to refuse certain deals. I'm traveling right when I refuse that exchange. Make the right exchange. That's the thing for today. It's very simple. Make the right exchange. And it will define who you are as a person. It will define your relationships. It will define your future. Make the right exchange. So really, you're not fully alive until you're fully dead. You're not fully alive unless you're... (laughs) Some of you guys will connect to this metaphor, some of you will not, but it's the truth. They ain't letting you out of a hospital until your systems are all working. Until you're getting rid of stuff, they're not letting you out. They want to see that the plumbing is working right, right? You're not fully alive unless you're getting rid of stuff. You're not fully alive unless you are eliminating things from your life. You're not fully alive unless the toxic stuff, the stinky stuff, the bad stuff is leaving, That's how we know we're fully alive, when we are shedding those things that are wasteful and not helpful. Make the right exchange. So, maybe this is a helpful question. Does the stuff you are carrying fit with the cross? Is the stuff you're carrying helpful to you carrying your cross and living for Jesus? And if it isn't, why is it there? Is the stuff you're carrying from God and from Jesus, or did it come from somewhere else? And these, I believe, are practical questions because they're stuff that you can get up in the morning and ask yourself. You can ask it in a moment of decision. Is this from God? Is he concerned about this? Or is this coming from somewhere else? And then we have a decision. Refuse the exchange or take the exchange? Or ask for what Jesus gives. These are defining daily questions for all of us. What do you need to exchange with Jesus? Person who is here and you have not decided to follow Jesus yet, what exchange do you need to make? Do you need to start at the beginning and just come to him fresh and and do this thing, do the good deal? Follower of Jesus, what do you need to exchange with Jesus this morning? I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And as you do, think about your your place of work, like where you log hours. Think about the school and the hallways you walk and the people you see there. Think about who lives in your house, the family that texts you and calls you on a regular basis. Could the world use a few more crazy, self-renouncing cross-carriers? yeah Jesus doesn't give you this yoke and this burden that he gives you just for you one of the other awesome things about this, this yoke this burden that he gives is that there's enough in there for the people around you you want to carry something that's going to bless other people it's going to help you pour awesome stuff into your kids lives your parents lives People around you, stuff that's just going to spill out and just affect the world in an awesome way. Take what Jesus gives. Our toxic junk isn't going to change anything. So even, even if you are here and you're like, man, I really want to be helpful, we, we can't do that in our own strength. If we want to be a blessing, we have to take what Jesus gives, let it affect us, and then share it with the people in our lives. I, ho- I hope. I hope that you've really gotten a hold of a couple of these potent life questions today. I could sit here and repeat them all day long. I really hope that you get it and you're willing to ask these questions and start that process of thinking about where you're at, what you're carrying, what you're concerned about, and the temptations you're facing and engage and move in a fully alive direction. I hope what was true for me becomes true for you. Cuz so I don't stand up here as a pastor guy that works at a church. I'm a kid who heard Jesus and took the good deal. And I want that rest for you. I really do. I want you to have that, and so does he. So I hope you'll say what you need to say to him this morning to accomplish that purpose and to start a process that will lead you to life. Say what you have to say to Jesus this morning. We do have communion this morning that's here. If you're a follower of Jesus, you understand communion, invite you to partake of it. If you're you're not really, if you don't understand that yet, you can relax, there's no pressure. You can just stay in your seat and just reflect, pray. It's not just a religious thing we do to do it. It's a meaningful thing and, and no pressure on that. I will say this, a great place to start having that conversation if you're serious about it let me pray for you and after i'm done praying the worship team is playing you can get up and go and find the communion in the four corners of the room and take it back to your seat and just hold on to it you can sit down hold on to it and reflect and pray and pastor david will come and lead us through communion jesus thank you so much For taking the burden that I could not carry. And for offering me a deal that is ridiculous. For taking my darkness and disappointment and discouragement and pain. Just pain that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it, couldn't heal it. Thank you for taking that literally onto yourself and giving me something so precious that it's defined who I am, given me an identity that's worth something, a future that's worth hoping for. And thank you for giving this nobody kid something that I could give to other people. I pray that in the way that you need to and want to, you would be able to do a version of that for everybody in this room. And whatever's holding them back from letting go of what they're carrying, I pray you would help them, Holy Spirit, to release that. And experience the joy of carrying what you give and the place that it takes them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.